You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Outside by Design. I'm Iris, one of the hosts on Outside by Design, and I am so excited to introduce our guest today to you. His name is Evan Green. He's a photographer, filmmaker, and adventurer. Today on the show, he talks about his work as a documentary-style photographer, how photography is much like learning how to speak a visual language. He talks about shooting mountain biking and the special challenges that mountain bike photographers face. He also talks about the use of color, his impact in diversifying the outdoor industry, and why it's important to be an athlete in the sport that you're trying to shoot. This is a wonderful episode, and to all of you listening on a walk, on a run, on a chairlift, or in your car, I know you're going to love it. So here we go. Evan, thanks so much for being on our podcast today. Thanks for having me on. really appreciate it. And the first question that we ask every single person is to describe where you are and what you're looking at. That's right. Yep. I'm in my house, in my living room, just kind of sitting in front of my beloved iMac. So <laughs> this is where I get a lot of my work done, just editing. And you're in Albuquerque. Yep. Yeah, I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, nice. I know that we have spoken a few times, and I know a little bit about your journey to becoming a photographer, but I think I'm going to open this up with, what's your story, and how did you get into the work you're doing now? I got into photography. I guess uh, documenting adventures is really what inspired me, most of all. Um, So I love the outdoors, and I would always look at kind of like the catalogs, like the Patagonia catalog would come in the mail, and I'd see all the cool pictures in there and want to kind of take my own. So I eventually uh, started taking more and more photos and learning more and more for photography to kind of document my trips and people have been interested in following along. And I have to remember this, right? I think you told me that you were a geologist before a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. I worked as a geologist prior to becoming a full-time photographer. That's cool. Yeah. That's a big change. (laughs) What similarities do you see in your approach to geology that sort of overlap with your your special approach to photography? I would say that uh, they're both kind of similar, honestly. I think there is a lot of creativity in geology and stuff, too, because you're still pitting together these puzzle pieces and looking at uh, little details and things like that to make the bigger picture. And there's sort of a process in the work that you do there. And photography has its same thing. It's still, I think people think creative things or creative endeavors, you are always just coming up with something new the whole time, but there is still like a creative process that you follow through and these uh, tools that you utilize to do your work. So there's more carryover than I think people would expect there. What are some key factors in your creative process? That's a good question. I guess coming from more of the documentary style, you don't have 
maybe as much control as other photographers because you're just kind of there in the moment a lot of times. Um, but still, it's using those creative tools. And I guess what it is to me is you're talking the visual language. Um, and so just kind of looking at a scene and documenting it in different ways that it tells the story visually. So I just kind of like to use different composition tools and techniques that tell the story the right way. And when you say the right way, how what does that mean for your work? Something that you can look at it and easily identify what's happening and sort of give some information to the viewer. And I think that's easier said than done when you're taking a photo. So just kind of having the context of the scene and what's happening and the action and the emotion there. Yeah, I think context is so important to photography. And um, the yeah, the photos where you can't really tell what's going on, but you can tell what someone is doing, um, but not where they are. Like it's just, it kind of eliminates the narrative. So I totally appreciate your uh, call out to context for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really key. How do you bring that into mountain biking? Because I love your mountain bike photography. Uh, with mountain biking, I always try to incorporate a little bit of the surroundings and also the rider. Um, so, like, you can obviously change the scale and stuff, but I think some of the most powerful shots are kind of, they showcase, like, the interesting places that mountain bikers get to go and experience, but also kind of highlight the joy, the look of joy or kind of the determination or, you know, a concentration on the writer's face or their body position and things like that. So kind of having that, finding that balance between the environment and the human is what I really try to go for. Mm, I like that. That's cool. What, uh, where's your favorite place to shoot mountain biking? Um, that's a good question. It's always easier if you've been on a trail before and you kind of know your spots and like, oh, there's a cool vista coming up and I can get the shot I'm looking for here. But also it's, I'm also a writer that just loves to explore more than anything. So really, I kind of love being out there and just kind of taking things in for the first time and viewing new trails. So I don't really have a favorite. I guess my favorite thing is just to explore new trails and get the photos and see what's out there and kind of share it with everyone else of like, hey, this trail's awesome. Look at this cool little ridgeline section of it or something. Mm-hmm. What's your camera setup like when you're shooting mountain biking? Um, yeah, I've been using the Sony cameras for, uh, pretty much as soon as I got my first interchangeable lens camera, I started with that Sony a 3000, which was like a hundred bucks. Uh-huh. And uh, I now shoot with the Sony a seven three and I like to use the 24 to one Oh five, uh, just cause you get a big range and swapping out lenses and bringing multiple lenses in the mountains or just out riding is not that fun. So Having everything from a wide phone plane to telephoto in one lens usually does the job for me. That's Yeah, that's a powerful kit, huh? Mm-hmm. And they're pretty durable. You can, like, drop <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've dropped it several times, and it's definitely been rained on and gets pummeled in snowstorms, and it's still going strong, so no complaints there. Mm-hmm. I am the ultimate queen of losing lens caps, and everyone at work yells at me because none of our cameras have lens caps anymore. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> on the same boat, I almost feel bad because I probably have littered these lens caps over <laughs> the Mountain West and have, you know, 10 or 15 of them sitting out there, unfortunately. But 
Yeah, I'm always ordering the generic ones on Amazon to try to make up for it. They're always gone. People make fun of me. <laughs> I know. You know how magicians pull quarters out from behind people's ears? I just keep waiting for like someone to pull lens caps out. And I feel like, there they all are. There are, there are hundreds of them. I know. They must yeah. be somewhere, right? Yeah. And I've never been walking around and found a lens cap randomly mm-hmm. on a trail, but you know, it's like socks. They all like lens caps and, and one sock are all living somewhere together. Exactly. <laughs> Find that yeah. magical place. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, uh, let's talk about the use of color. Cause I think that's a really special thing about your work is how you use really bright saturated colors and there's like a liveliness to your imagery. Um, is that intentional or just kind of like, I don't know, how did you get there with that? I definitely do like saturation and like bright colors and things like that. Um, it, for one, it helps. I think, uh, usually I like to photograph like athletes, uh, out doing things, uh, doing mountain sports. So they usually have on like a, if there's a bright jacket or something or shirt involved, and that usually just helps them pop out of the environment. Usually those earth tones versus, you know, a bright orange, uh, hoodie on or something so that kind of creates some contrast there and it helps your image pop and then yeah just the use of more saturated colors I don't think I go too crazy on the saturation slider yeah. but I definitely uh I'm not like a subdued color person I like those bold vibrant colors it just I guess that's how the world looks to me and so I want to convey that in my images too yeah you definitely don't oversaturate them but there's like this I don't know, almost like energetic quality to your work that I think um, just makes the riding or the sport look really, really fun. Yeah, thanks. What are some of your photo goals for 2021? What's on your on your plate? I'm like really into the whole learning process and kind of pushing creativity. And I always give myself like new little challenges. So I would say just to keep keep on leveling up, I guess, as you guys would say, too. Um, I like Mm -hmm. to kind of learn new techniques and see how I can apply those. And even if they're not really things that you normally see in the outdoor world, it's kind of fun to bring those into that that genre. So um, I don't know if I have any specific goals other than to kind of keep YouTubing (laughs) and learning. YouTube has the key to the universe, perhaps. Some some like seven year old out there has probably made some videos holding the key to the universe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what's really been fun about kind of becoming a photographer in this age is that you don't necessarily need the photo school anymore. More, you have all these great teachers that are online and free, and so it's kind of on you. It's I pretty much put myself through like night school just watching these these videos all the time. So that's been my journey. It's yeah. I'm trying to learn how to play the ukulele. And I find that the easiest tutorials are taught by like 13 year old girls in the house of, you know, like their family, childhood home, like in their bedroom. And uh, then they say things, you know, they're like 13 or 12 or something. And then they're like, yeah, it's not hard. You just do this. (laughs) And I'm like, it's so hard. Like, anyway, but anyway, it's like very humbling. Um, But yeah, that's, that's my YouTube night school. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your ukulele skills will be there in no time. I'll be there. No, I'll be just as good as those kids. <laughs> yeah, the kids are rocking it, though, and everything. It's really cool to see the younger generation just crushing it and doing everything they're doing. What is your hope 
for your impact on the outdoor industry as a photographer, speaking of impacting the younger generation? I guess I I have found recently that I kind of have this opportunity to bring more diversity to the outdoor world just through uh, the friends I have and uh, the images I can take and just kind of be part of the community uh, naturally. So I know people oftentimes find that there's a lack of representation in the outdoors. So I have felt that kind of my path is to help create some of those images that can change that. So that's something I've been proud of and working on. And I think it's pretty cool. What's an example of like a photo or a photo trip that you're really happy with how it turned out along those lines? I guess a few years ago, I uh, messaged Tracy with, uh, he runs like the All Mountain Brothers Instagram page. And I saw kind of what he was doing with that and just showcasing different writers of color around the U.S. And uh, he was in Texas and I was in Colorado. So we kind of ended up meeting up in New Mexico one summer because even riding in Colorado for years, I think we I ran to one other black mountain biker in like four years of riding the trails, you know, pretty much multiple times a week. Wow. So it was still kind of this rare event. And we ended up meeting up in New Mexico and taking some photos and having just a great weekend camping down there. So that kind of changed my whole trajectory after that. Yeah. What, uh, how'd those photos turn out? Uh, they were pretty good. I was only had one lens at the time, the 50 millimeter, but <laughs> it's uh-huh. kind of cool working with the primes. And it was these like cool images that um, just kind of showed Tracy as like a, what he is like this skilled writer, like rocking through these chunky trails down there. And we had a, a blast just ride together and chewing together. Our mutual friend, photographer, Eric Arce, he, he said that you rip on a mountain bike and that you're real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eric was on that trip too, so that was a lot of fun. Um, just meeting up with them and having like a different kind of career to roll with for once. Um, but yeah, I have been riding myself for six or seven years now and kind of grew up um, riding around in my backyard in Texas. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I have a lot of questions on that. First, the surface level question. How's the mountain bike community in Texas? Or how's the, I don't know much about mountain biking in Texas. Tell me about that. Um, Honestly, I'm not super positive on the whole community myself. I was just a middle schooler pretty much on my dad's Mm -hmm. like uh, rigid uh, mountain bike from, from Walmart or whatever. Nice. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there was just like uh, little trails and stuff around and hiking trails that I just go ride the bike on and maybe I won't do control <laughs> going over uh-huh. the bars a few times and learning all the lessons and breaking some chains and walking home and going uh-huh. through that whole process but yeah I think Texas has a pretty good mountain bike community that's been growing along with a lot of other places around the country uh-huh that's cool and when you're a kid just like riding your bike anywhere is so liberating it is yeah I mean that's really what got me in love with biking is just being able to you know, you can't really drive and, you know, your life is like, you kind of go to school, you go home, but being able to get on your bike and just roam around and explore the neighborhood. And I'd usually go to the woods that were nearby and just ride around out there and explore and, you know, have a good time, be a kid. Yeah. So how, how did you get into mountain biking? Where were you? Like, where was the first place you went? Mountain biking, mountain biking. Um, after I graduated college, I kind of 
started working at an engineering firm. And then, like, with one of my first few paychecks, I bought an old uh, full suspension mountain bike off Craigslist for a few hundred bucks. And then ended up moving to Colorado like a month or two later. And so that was for my first taste of mountain biking. I didn't have a helmet on at the time. I didn't really know the trail etiquette and was just like going to go for it. So I started riding more and more and fell in love with it and got really obsessed. Yeah. Once it hits you, it hits you. Mm -hmm. So like as a really skilled mountain biker, how are you able to bring that into your creative work? Like, can you see a trail a certain way because you're an athlete of that sport or um, kind of, I don't know, what do you, what do you notice there? Yeah. I mean, I, it definitely helps if not is required, I think to be an athlete in the sport that you're shooting um, just because you kind of know the little nuances of it. And, you know, you see a berm and someone's like, Oh, that's just a turn. But, you know, as a rider, you're like, Oh no, this is the perfect, you know, like mm-hmm. berm and turn like this, the lights hitting it the right way. So yeah, that definitely helps. And also just kind of being able to sprint ahead or catch up to someone or something like that if you're trying to get the shot that you need always helps be able to kind of move efficiently in the mountains. So Yeah. And also you have to carry heavy equipment mm-hmm. and be you basically have to be as well, you don't have to be, but I think it helps to be as strong as the athletes, but then you're like carrying a lot more and it's just very cumbersome to ride around with a bunch of gear. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you got to haul all that stuff around and stop and kind of get set up and everything like that. So, and a lot of times, you know, people don't want to wait too long. So you got to be quick and efficient. So yeah, having your own skill set up there really helps with your photography more than I think people realize. What's a technique that you use when you're working with athletes um, to get the shot and like communicate with what you need them to do to get the shot? Yeah, just that communication alone is really key. Um, I need to bring them out more, but having like little radios too is pretty important, especially with biking. If they're kind of further away or something like that, you can be like, okay, I'm ready now, or you're kind of yelling, or they just kind of go for it, and you're still trying to find the focus or whatever, so you can end up missing shots. So just having that strong communication is really what can help you more than anything and being clear with what you need and how to kind of set everything up will help you get the results. Did you say no or did you say go? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and windy day, just like yelling back and forth. It's a disaster, so. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> Yeah, and then also like navigating other people who are using the trails, other trail mm-hmm. users. and I think that shooting mountain biking is pretty hard, quite frankly. Yeah, it has its challenges for sure. And then trees are like they throw such it's like such harsh differences with shadow and light when there's light filtering through the trees and sometimes it's like the most beautiful thing ever ever and sometimes it's like holy cow mm-hmm. this is a test of my skills with exposure <laughs> yeah just like the weird light patterns and stuff can just kind of hurt your eye or not really nothing it really pops out so it just like looks a little bit bland or something so mm-hmm. you can definitely run into tricky situations like that mm-hmm yeah it can be really hard um but you seem to be just crushing it yeah I pretty much started bringing my camera on every ride a few years ago so I have a lot of shots that don't see the light of day but then you have your camera with you for those opportune moments and get a lot to practice in which is really what's about it's just kind of like I was saying before it's like almost like you're 
trying to become fluent in that visual language. So the more you practice and the more you speak it, essentially, uh, the better you can become. Mm -hmm. What is your post-production process like? I'm a big Adobe Lightroom user. Um, I haven't really tried too many of the other editing softwares out there. And I don't go into Photoshop too often unless um, something's gone terribly wrong or I'm going for like a certain effect or something like that. But yeah, I just pretty much go through Lightroom and edit my raw photos in there. And I've actually been editing less and less the more I've learned um, kind of what everything does in Photoshop and how it works. And I realized that you just need these little tweaks here and there. And so I've actually gotten faster with my editing time. That's awesome. And by just doing it in camera the way you want. Yeah, for the most part. Like when you're editing, how do you just, and you have, you know, similar photos where you, maybe the writer rides the same feature three or four times. Like what do, what do you look for when you make your selection? I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one. Sometimes I feel like it does just kind of pop out. You kind of have the right body position or the right light over their shoulder or something kind of just in the right frame. And I honestly don't shoot a whole lot of frames anymore. I, I was more of a just hold the trigger down for the 10 frames per second and sort it out. And now I've kind of learned to see what I'm looking for a little bit more and only take maybe like three or four shots through a sequence sometimes. Um, yeah, I guess it's really looking for what looks natural kind of because you can also catch those weird moments where someone's... <laughs> faces like you can see the fear in their eye or something or a foot's a little bit weird so just like you know the right body position and uh location in the frame that's what i'm going for uh-huh i think that i think you're able to identify those so quickly because you are um an athlete in that sport too which i think is awesome yeah yeah exactly yeah so that kind of stuff kind of helps because you're like oh there they are they're like elbows are out and they're like you know leaned over the bars the right way and they're weight centered and like that's the that's the shot you want you know versus they're kind of like come you can see one before or whatever they're coming in picking their line a little more cautious and their body's more guarded or something so it doesn't quite look right on camera so yeah that really helps do you use that same process for like climbing and snowboarding because i know you shoot those sports too yeah i do the skiing is a little skiing i think is the most difficult just because the athletes are a little more sporadic and the conditions are even worse out there uh -huh. just looking for the right movement from the athletes really helps in knowing what to look for again really key mm -hmm. what about um i don't know yeah what's your approach when you're shooting product like for backpackers pantry or i know you shot for Patagonia some. So, like, what's your approach to building a product photo? I mean, every you kind of have to look at the brand and what their aesthetic is, too, and kind of play into that so that it kind of fits with their look. But then, for me, I feel like shooting products has been pretty easy just because I have been working with brands that I personally love and have, like, used. And so it's easy to just kind of put their products into action and just kind of show them in use is what I really like to do. Um, just those authentic images of products kind of out there doing what they do best, you know, because when you work with cool brands and their products are cool, it's kind of easy to cool, take cool pictures of them, I found. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, making it seem not cheesy, like not looking into the camera, like holding a product really obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's... Part can be a little bit trickier. 
again, kind of like I was talking about with the people and their relationship to landscapes and stuff like that. And also, I guess you just need to highlight people's relationships to products when you're shooting product stuff. And you're obviously trying to have the focus or maybe like rule of thirds or whatever the product falls in those lines, but just kind of incorporating how people use these products in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Where can people find you online? Yeah. I'm on Instagram at the green Evan and my website's greenevan.com. And yeah, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not a big tweeter, <laughs> unfortunately. No. Cool. Well, Evan, thank you so much for being on our podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to work with you and do some shooting in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to chat with you, Lisa. Thank you so much, Evan, for joining us and sitting down to talk with Lisa on Outside by Design. And thank you to every single one of our wonderful listeners. Thank you for letting us take some time to be between your ears today. If you haven't already, please leave a review in your podcast app and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. With that, we hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for being here.